0: Oh, it's the Creator Spaces Show.
1: Welcome back to the Creator Spaces Show. And today, we're talking about monetizing your creations with Brandon McAdams. This conversation highlights the best ways to monetize your creations and the importance community building holds to your business. Let's get right into it. Do you consider yourself
2: a creator? Man, that's such a weird term. Like, it has a certain connotation to me. It's got this self-importance that I bristle at. And at the same time, it's an important word. So let's be provocative here, right? So it's builder, developer, founder, entrepreneur. They all have a certain meaning. And creator is a fine word in and of itself. But like I'm a sales guy and I basically spend all my time trying to help creators become salespeople, <laughs> become business people. So if you're a creator and you're just in it for the creating, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But I want to see more of these creations become revenue streams for the people that build them. I don't want you to be a hobbyist. It's okay to be a hobbyist. Again, I'm a machinist, but I'm never going to be a professional machinist. Right. But when someone builds something, an app or a solution or whatever, I'd like to see it become monetized because that to me is confirmation that it's more than just a hobby more than just a thing that you put out there people are willing to assign a value to it. I think that is really important and so that's what I'm about.
0: That's like the core principle of my podcast agency it's gotta have a monetization model. Even if you're doing something as a hobby the amount of time and effort that you put into those things, if there's not some way to get something real back from it, yeah, it's At least in my family, it's often not considered a very productive hobby.
1: Many people think that it's only a dream to be able to convert their hobby into a source of income. But the thing is, if you don't believe in yourself, you've already lost half the battle. The best way is to find a job that allows you to apply your hobby, and also strive to build relationships with entrepreneurs who've successfully made a business out of their hobbies. Who knows, you might just get a long-term partner like Brendan did.
0: You're a founder yourself. Yeah. What have you founded over the years?
2: Yeah, most recently, and the one that's got real potential, has been this company that I've co-founded with a business partner I've known for a long time, and it's called Expertscape. And it identifies and objectively ranks medical experts by specific topic. And I always say, geez, I hope none of the listeners ever have to go there. Because when you do, it's because you're looking for someone who's really knowledgeable about a medical condition, and you're looking for a second opinion or you're looking to find somebody who's really a specialist. And so we've been generating revenue for the last year and a half, and it. it's been exciting. And I think we're starting to really hit our stride a little bit. We've got several academic medical centers as customers, and I can tell the audience that is a really it's <laughs> difficult, <sticky. laughs> difficult customer to get. So we've got several of those, and I think we're going to do some stuff with pharma. So it's really taken off. Starting to.
1: Awesome. There are several niche markets within every industry, and finding one can be important not only for creating a steady stream of revenue, but also establishing a loyal
2: audience
0: we met was it through ship 30 or
2: th- yep through ship 30 for 30 yeah okay. what'd you think the cohort course it's genius to me but not for the writing i found it really fascinating for the the fact that it basically forced me to understand twitter and then it also gave me the, the understanding of the power of a community and and you get the synergy and the happenstance that comes with the just a community of like-minded people interested in the same thing and i thought that was really powerful
0: So you're building a community yourself now.
2: Yeah, I just finally pulled the trigger and had to do it. And it's been fantastic. The feedback's been good. And it's a specific community for B2B sales. And I've been doing a lot of these free consults where someone schedules 30 minutes and we go over a business to business problem for founders typically. And they've been really fascinating to me because I uncover a lot of the same issues. And so I thought I should do a community around this. And it's cheap, $15 a month right now to do it. And what I do, is I have a conversation on Monday, walk through some fundamental aspect of sales, and then on Saturday I do an office hours and we chat about whatever open issues there might be. And it's been really good,
1: yeah. Creating a highly engaged community comes down to knowing all that you can about your target audience. Understanding what emotional and environmental factors affect their day-to-day will help you connect with them and provide a lot of context for your interactions. This will end up making the community highly targeted and engaged, Thus unlocking its power.
0: You're building a bit of an audience for yourself here on Twitter.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been fascinating to me, and I've had a little bit of a head shift about it. In the beginning, I was really fixated on getting like growing my like growing a following for a bit, and it, there's a certain intoxication that comes with that. And I've shifted my mindset completely, and now I just want to have the right group of people. And so I've toned back the amount of tweeting I do. I do engage more because I think that's fun. And yeah. I do a lot with DMs because I think I get into some interesting conversations. But yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah.
0: I'm curious how that goes into you building up your overall plan online. What's the plan with the community?
2: So I tweet about stuff and to understand what resonates. My primary business is basically do two things. I've got Expertscape, which is the company that I've co-founded. And then in addition to that, I do sales coaching for founders. And what I want to be able to do is work with founders on a kind of a retainer basis and basically help them move from early stage to the point where they've got to hire a salesperson. Because in the beginning, okay. I think founders have to do their own selling. Oh, definitely. and that's. And I think that's scary for some, and, or they don't know what to do or how to do it, or they put it off until the last minute. These are things I've discovered over and over again in these calls that I do. And what's been really useful is Twitter allows me to, A, find these people and coach them and, uh, and also learn, like what's important, what's interesting, you know, what the pitfalls are that they run into. And so I find Twitter to be a useful uh, market research tool and engagement tool. So that's how I'm using it right now.
1: Apart from significantly improving your visibility, Twitter gives you the opportunity to personally interact with your target audience and potential customers or clients. Personal interactions do more than just build loyalty. They also build lasting relationships that can unlock many doors of opportunity. Start creating those conversations. Reply to relevant tweets, send dms and find other ways to offer value
0: so i see the ladder now you've got the big play with expertscape but that's a slow burn yeah and then you've got the community and i know that price is going to go up over time but that's going to then leverage into some more of that one-on-one retained coaching and that builds the base right there is that yeah. it
2: yeah i'm not sure about what raising the price or not because this is going to sound funny when i say this but i really didn't do it for the money. I really did it because there's something fun and exciting about getting a community of people together. And there's a serendipity to it that I really find fascinating. The thing that I liked about Dickie's program, the 30 for 30 thing is, is that I ended up having a bunch of really great conversations with people and I've gotten become friends with them like you and a bunch of others. And now I've got all these people that I talk to on a regular basis via Zoom calls, and then things come out of it. This community was started out as a growth course idea with a buddy that I ended up connecting with through 30 for 30 and he and I brainstorm a bunch of things and I, I'm sure I will end up working on something together at some point and I just think those sorts of communities they have this collaborative opportunity that I find really exciting and it's a parallel to this whole b2b sales thing I've spent my whole time my career basically selling in enterprises. Yeah. And one of the things I've always found about selling into an enterprise, if it's big enough and you get your foot in the door and you start working with them and develop some of the relationships, there's endless potential.
0: So this actually goes to a really key point, I think, for creators in that when it comes to monetization, you can build up multiple streams with a lot of small ones and a few big ones at each end. And yeah. it's key to the model at the end of the day. And when you have those massive clients and those big relationships you have so much more room to expand and it's worthwhile to build to expand for them but with small groups if everyone was paying a dollar a month for your group and you heard from one person that they didn't like one thing that wouldn't be enough to move and so it's much more difficult to build a feedback loop if you don't have enough people involved
2: yeah exactly and you can afford to really support them if it's an enterprise client or a large client you can afford to dedicate time and energy and that's a callous thing to say i guess but (laughs) you can really be custom and you're putting your eggs in one basket but it's like that old adage but just watch that basket you know yeah
0: and once you've got say five or ten of those yeah losing one doesn't kill you
2: that's right yeah and
0: that's a big difference
1: at the end of the day create a sales model that works best for you Promotes one to one interactions and is easily scalable. Joining and developing communities promotes these types of interactions and also provide collaborative opportunities.
0: What's your North Star metric for success? How do you know you're doing the right things?
2: I guess, well, I'll take this course, for example. I'm hearing the right sorts of feedback from people. They like what we cover. I guess I believe in immediate performance appraisal. So I'm constantly listening for what's working and what's not. And I tend to look for the things that aren't working. I like to hear when someone says, oh, I didn't like this, or you should do this, or this is a waste of time. I want to hear negative feedback. So,
0: (laughs) Are you ever concerned when you don't hear any?
2: Oh, yeah. It sounds probably a little bit insecure, but I have an adage, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And when I put something out there, initially, it's never perfect, knowing that it's flawed. And then I look for people to tell me, oh, yeah, that thing is flawed. Here's how it's flawed. And if they spot the thing that's flawed that I think is flawed, then that's encouraging. And then oftentimes they'll tell me, hey, you ought to do this over here. This is flawed. Like I was doing videos. And people kept telling me, you have to smile more. Now I make this real effort to try and smile.
1: Negative feedback is always hard to hear, but it's one of the most useful tools you can harness to make fast improvements to your business. Why? Because it offers a learning opportunity and incentivizes you to look inward at your company you find better ways to do things pretty quickly.
0: Back to your current goal as a creator. You said you wanted to yeah. build up the community to 500 or 1,000 people. What's yeah. the plan, one by uh, one?
2: Right now, as a B2B sales guy, I'm a sell one to one kind of guy. I believe you have to have conversations with people individually and learn and figure out what resonates and get them engaged one at a time. And that's where I'm in my comfort zone. And then over time, I think what'll happen is, in my experiences, that that gets word of mouth, that gets other people talking to their people and saying, hey, you ought to be part of this. It's inexpensive. And there are some great conversations and great guest speakers and you learn a lot and you should just do it. And those are my best salespeople. And I do that with others, like I love good podcasts. And so if I find a good podcast, I become a salesperson for that podcast.
0: Podcast. So do you have a referral program in place yet?
2: No, I could use some advice there on how to do
0: that. I'm figuring it out myself, so I'll let you know when I do. But I think I need to have a referral expert on the show. As somebody who's really built their community around referrals, because I know especially if you do it right, I've seen like the hustle grew heavily at one point on referrals, and I know that many SaaS businesses have done quite well with them. So communities could in theory as well.
1: And as always. We wrap it all up by answering the question.
0: If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be?
2: I would say start sooner. Don't wait. And I should have been doing a B2B sales community 10 years ago. And I should have written a book 10 years earlier. Dave. Absolutely.